0: She's got a lot. No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast, episode 397. I am Jen Kirkman. I am your host. I am a comedian. I have two specials on Netflix. I'm going to die alone and I feel fine and just keep living. Check them both out if you want to watch a comedy special. Watching them over and over does not do anything for me financially, however. I'm, I'm only mentioning them because I'm putting context as to how you might know me if you're new to the podcast, but also to explain that this is not a comedy special. This is a podcast where I talk and make openly and honestly about my life, my thoughts, what's going on in the world. I plan out sort of the topics I want to talk about, but I don't rehearse. This is not scripted. So you're getting an honest, an honest look inside my brain. Uh, Anyway, so let's do this Patreon subscribers have already had a full 20-minute version of this show already I've already talked to them directly on camera And I told them the story of me Finally having to call the manager Of a carpet cleaning company Not in a Karen way And I had a one-hour chat with Jenny To let her know the men running her company Are really fucking up Uh, But I explain it And I have wet hair while I'm doing it These are the fun things you can see on Patreon Patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman Go join right now So what are we going to talk about this week? I want to talk about returning dogs And penises are getting smaller due to pollution What? Okay, but first of all Let me plug in my camera here There is a battery issue Oh, for the love of the Lord The Lord in heaven The Lord is my shepherd There is nothing I shall want Except the battery to not die Okay Let's just get into it Penises What's up with them? Or what's not up with them? I should say This is from Sky News It's a UK News outlet Dr. Shauna Swan That's a cool name has found that chemicals called phthalates phthal- Phthalites. Phthalites are causing human babies to be born with malformed genitals. God damn it! I hate when I don't read the article before I take it to the podcast. I see a headline, Human penises are shrinking because of pollution, warns scientists. And I think it's going to be this funny article about you know, some guy walking down the street, you know, he's living in the big city and there's a lot of smog in the air and he's been there for 10 years. You know, he went to law school his whole life just to have this opportunity to move to the big city to be a legal clerk where he's been working for 10 years. The only apartment he could afford was right next to some kind of I don't know, power plant that Erin Brockovich would have had closed if she'd found out about it. Just some spewing chemicals. You know, he's living in 2021. There's no more ice left in the Arctic. We are in the danger zone. We're not even on the highway to the danger zone anymore. Kenny Loggins' song is so out of date. We are in the danger zone. We have arrived. And this businessman on his first day of work, he's got a new briefcase. I am a lawyer. I am going to put this terrible man behind bars today. I know today's the day when I make my impassioned speech to the jury. And he's walking down the street and he walks into that courtroom and he decides, I'm just going to pee one more time before the trial starts so that I don't have to go. And as he goes into the bathroom, he shrieks in horror as he goes to grab his penis that he normally touches every day to pee. And sure, he's not the most well-endowed man on the planet Earth, but no woman's ever complained. He knows he's seen other guys in the in the locker room. He's pretty average. He measures up. In fact, he wouldn't even want a giant penis anyway because, you know, he gets sweaty in the summer in that big city. He's got to wear those suits. He, he's, he's happy the way he is. He's an average man with an average penis. He's an above average lawyer and he is about to argue the case of his life. But again, unzips his pants, goes to grab that penis, to, to, to point it towards the urinal to pee. Ah, it's shrunk. It's shrunk. Where there used to be a zucchini is now a baby mushroom. What happened to my penis? There's no time to figure it out. He's going to go argue this case. He's got to put a bad man in jail. He pees. He shakes off his little mushroom penis. Washes his hands. Dries them off. Even uses a towel to reopen the door. He's being, he's being very germ-conscious po- post-COVID, and he's arguing the case, and he's trying to concentrate on putting this bad man in jail. And he's saying this man stole money by making bad investments for penises, penises on the dollar, penny, pennies on the dollar god damn it. And people are like, what? And the jury's laughing. He just said penis because he can't get his penis. That has shrunk off of his mind. And on the subway ride back home, and of course, he lost the case because he was acting like a fool. He might be disbarred. Well, he's outside at the subway stop, above ground subway stop, and he's Googling and He sees this article that this is all because of pollution and he knows his next big case is going to be taking on those polluters who have made penises like his own shrink. Now, luckily, he has a very understanding wife and she's like, honey, well, I would enjoy sex more if you had a penis. I love you. I married you, not your penis. And I will stand by you and the mushroom as we fight. Big corporate pollution That's what I thought Was going to be A fun article like that Instead I'm bumming Everyone out Who is Listening and subscribing To this Lovely free comedy podcast By going Oh um Babies are born With malformed genitals Let's laugh about that I mean (sighs) But I'll just give you The basics Without talking about Deformed Children's Genitals (sighs) This chemical is used in manufacturing plastics and it impacts the hormone-producing endocrine system. As a result, a growing number of babies are being born with small penises. Okay, so then now the article goes back to small penises. But the beginning was like malformed. It's like, well, I, are they mangled or are they small? What? I, I, I can't take it when the editor writes a byline and then the article is something totally different. I mean, can we relax Anyway, but the modern world is threatening sperm counts. It's altering male and female reproductive development and imperiling the future of the human race. Well, I am sorry to all of those kids being born. Uh, We're going to have bizarre reproductive issues because of it. This world. Plastics. You remember the movie The Graduate. Dustin Hoffman's character He's being told Get into plastics It was the 60s Now look at Now look at what's happened Whenever anyone's like This will threaten The future of humanity I'm like Who cares though I mean I care about The humans that are already alive And what we're gonna have to deal with With climate change I mean And I'm always confused When younger people think It's worse for them Like it's, it's bad for everybody You don't wanna be An old person alone Trying to deal with the effects of climate change Having no job, no money And it ruins your home Or you can't get down the subway steps Because there's a flood I mean, there is no generation that has it easy I mean, yeah, sure Maybe older people got to live Maybe their 20s weren't filled with natural disasters Due to climate change But uh, you can't be mad at people about that But currently in the state of the world we're in Is this a comedy podcast? Because I don't think so It doesn't sound like it right now But my point is, whenever, so I get it. Like, whoever's alive right now is is age zero to 100. I feel bad for us and our fate being alive during the climate crisis. But when people are like, if shit keeps getting worse, there aren't going to be any new people. Good. We don't need to bring the people here. (laughs) Let them stay. Do you guys remember where you were before you were born? You don't. You were in You were non existent. You didn't know you weren't here. You were just, I don't know, energy or nothing. You were nothing. All of that nothing out there that hasn't come to life yet, leave it alone. We don't need to bring any more. I'm not saying don't have kids. You want to have kids, have kids. But I'm talking about lamenting in general. Humanity might end. Who can't? Like, literally, I'm not trying to be funny. Who cares? I don't want it to end right now I like my life I like my friends Want everyone I know To live to be a hundred And die peacefully in their sleep But in a general sense Humanity might not endure Okay I mean what is this right That we think we all have To um, exist on the planet earth In that sense Like I, I, don't, I cannot explain Religion Religious answers don't make sense to me Scientific answers don't make sense to me it is a beautiful, insane mystery that this planet exists, that we exist, that that even people that exist, that you get to be one of them. I know it seems like there's billions of people, and it seems like it's a pretty easy thing to do, make a person, and, and it certainly, you know, on paper, it's pretty easy. I'm not talking about people with fertility issues, and yeah, I get it, but I'm saying it's still a miracle any of us are here Whether it's a scientific miracle or a religious miracle It's just fucking insane And then once we're here And once we're brought to consciousness on earth We feel like we are owed And that the people like It's like we empathize with people that don't even exist yet Oh what about them because we're projecting What if we'd never been born You wouldn't have known And no one would have missed you And yet it's so good that you're here Does that, Can we hold two thoughts in our head I don't know if we can But I've never understood when we look at the mystery of what in the fuck is this world that people are busy worrying that humans might go extinct. Well, then maybe that's, yes, that was the experiment of humanity. We never evolved past understanding how to not destroy ourselves. You know, people don't make plastic factories and all these things thinking, aha, I'm going to pollute the earth and ruin everything. They didn't know yet. And then you know, and then you go, well, I'll just kind of pretend I'm not thinking about it. Oh, well, that won't impact humanity until way later. You know, it's just a slow drip of, oh, we fucked up. We're going to destroy ourselves. But maybe that's the, the not the lesson, not, but maybe that's the destiny. And I don't even mean a destiny foretold by a god or something. I just mean maybe that's just the story. That's how the story ends. You know, can you get Buddhist about it? Why is it bad or good? It just is. But I'm never interested from an intellectual standpoint in reading an article that posits that I should care because it means the end of humanity. I care because I want to know how Things that we do to the environment affect us I, I am very interested in everything this article has to say But once you start with like humanity is in peril I'm like you kind of lost me Like you know um, Anyway So I thought this was going to be a funny article I don't know why I thought the penises were shrinking In adults that already exist I don't know why Because I'm dumb Or maybe that's why gender reveal parties are such a big thing. On behalf of their kid's small penis, dads need to blow shit up. It's not funny to make fun of children's penis sizes. Um Yes, of course. uh anyway well that story was kind of a bust huh i really fucked that up well let's have some fun and distract ourselves from that let's think. <laughs> let's just do some quick shout outs and then i'm going to talk to you about another f- real fun topic people returning dogs to shelters but i'll try to make it fun and then and then we have some uh Listener emails and I might talk about The lone survivor of a plane crash Would that make you guys feel good? Is that a happy story? But first I'd like to thank The people who subscribe To my Patreon Uh, It is not guaranteed that you get a shout out You have to request it Because I don't want to say people's Well Jennifer's iPhone I don't want to just start yelling people's names In case they want it a secret That they subscribe to such nonsense But let's all have some fun And even if you can't subscribe You can at least enjoy this part of the show Cameron Gorman Look at you You're hot shit Thank you so much Woo Brendan Leonard Paisley Let me take that again Brendan Leonard Paisley Paisley Brendan... Okay. Brendan Leonard Paisley. The word is out. You're a three-letter name person. You're a pretty big fucking deal. And I thank you. Jillian Lebeau. You're a wonderful woman and you make the planet a better place. Thank God you were born into existence. Thank you. Rick Zinn. Any... Any relation to Howardson? I bet people ask you that all the time. What if you wrote another alternate history of the United States? And what if you didn't? You'd still be a worthy person who deserves to not have a shrunken penis. Thank you, Rick. And Noel or Noel Langley. Noel Langley. That's a cool name. I hope you're earning that name. I hope you're being a cool person. And I know that you are. I hope you have big fun when you hear this and always. Thank you. Woo, and those are my Patreon shout outs for the week. See, that wasn't bad. You guys got through it. Again, I thank you all for subscribing. Okay, so I just have a – I'm just throwing this out there. It's not like something I've like really thought about. It's more just about how I'm just so – well, first of all, as you guys know, I have that new podcast coming out called Anxiety Bites where I interview all kinds of experts – in the field of anxiety Be they neuroscientists or meditation experts Or artists who suffer from anxiety Or professors And uh, we, it, the official launch date It was looking like August But it's going to be October 6th That'll give us plenty of time To get a bunch of episodes produced And in the can And get a nice publicity thing going So October 6th The market down Once you're you know able to subscribe and all that you You guys know you're the first to know Somebody tweeted me, God bless this man Hey Jen, I hope it's okay to ask Any touring in late 2021 So I sent him a link to the episode Of this podcast that I did a couple months ago Called Comedy Culture, where I'm like, I'm not touring He's like, oh I know, I listened to the podcast I was just asking, guys, why are you Doing this to me? This podcast, I don't know how I can get you guys to take it more seriously It is my job, it is the Number one thing I do Even this unpaid version is my job I don't give any quarter to Twitter or Instagram. Twitter and Instagram get to hear about things after everyone else does. It is a, Those sites are not reliable to get information out. This podcast, everyone who listens is the first to know besides myself if I am touring. You will know. You do not need to ask. You just need to keep listening to the podcast. And if you're like, no, 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 but I just want to know your thoughts. The thoughts are here on the podcast. No, I don't want to tour. The Delta variant freaks me out. I, if, if I was touring in late 2021, I would have had to book it last year. It's not happening, people. Uh, I'm hopefully going back to my writing job, and that will keep me busy from the Christmas season through the spring of next year. No tours, guys. Now, I do have a famous comedian friend. I'm going to open for her one weekend on the road just to work out some stuff, make some cash but I will not be telling you those dates until I'm absolutely sure that I am stepping foot on that plane. So you will probably just not end up seeing it. Don't worry about it. But what I am doing, tickets go on sale September 8th. Don't let me down. Everyone asks me, are you this, are you that? And then when I announce it, nobody comes. That's why I stopped touring. One of the reasons. You guys got to stay with me here. (laughs) September 8th. Tickets go on sale I am doing five shows In Brooklyn At a venue that I know what it is I am not allowed to say yet And I'm recording a comedy album that weekend It is the material that I wanted to put on Netflix Or HBO Max Or this and that And it did not happen So it is going to go on an album And I'm excited about it And I'm doing those five shows Any of those shows could end up being what the album is So don't just buy tickets to the album taping It is me doing my hour Every which way that I want to do it And I'll decide what's going to be the album So the first week of December If you live in Brooklyn or New York City There you go You will get to see me live Tickets go on sale September 8th If all shows don't Sell out immediately I will walk into the ocean So please You're asking, I'm telling That's where I'm going to be And that's it No more tours after that I I will do shows here and there As I see fit Once I feel better about this Delta variant And we have more information I do not want to get a breakthrough case I don't even want to get a cold That had anything to do with coming from this So I don't like the idea of standing in front of big crowds Or small crowds or any crowds. I go to restaurants, sure, but I go at 5.30 uh, where there's, you know, three other people in there. I'm not ready yet to be in rooms of people. And I'm also not in a stand-up mood. Now, here's the other thing. I've been real depressed and I'm on like 95 medications. I'm not real depressed, but agitated. Kind of in that, um, I don't know if anyone else feels this way. The reason I started this whole sentence Was I was talking about anxiety And the the way I see people dealing with it on Twitter And it's about the dogs thing And I'll get to that But I just As long as I'm riffing here I wonder if anyone else feels this way I certainly don't miss lockdown And I don't miss the pandemic At the heights that it was a year ago this time But I'm finding myself Kind of in Living in two extremes I love seeing my friends and like when my friend Sarah and I like go to a Pilates class and get a coffee after and like stuff that we didn't even used to do before. You know, like when I see people I know and love all the time. It's so good for my soul. I really feel so happy and fulfilled because I live alone, you know, and so seeing people is really important for my mental health. But then sometimes I see people and I kind of am bad at budgeting my time and I'm, doing a lot of self-starting things like these podcasts and the Patreon is a ton of work and I do all my own promotion and then I've got the Anxiety Podcast and that's a lot of research and doing interviews. And so I do work 40 hours a week and uh, my I don't know what, what's happening. Like my time budgeting is getting weird and then sometimes I get real overwhelmed and then I just want to do what I did during the pandemic sometimes, which is like get in bed at six. Now I might work from bed, but it's like tune out the world, get under the covers at six. Or like if I've seen a friend all day, I don't have the energy to call other people back. So it's like then that starts to pile up. Does that make sense? Like something is off. And I'm even on ADD meds that's supposed to help with this stuff. But something just kind of stopped working a month ago. The more I started going out and seeing people, in the in-between times when I'm not doing that, like the depression and agitation got worse. And I don't know if it's sort of like, it's so fun to go out, that I'm mad when I just can't do that all the time. Like I forgot what a balanced life looks like in terms of, well, Jen, you don't see friends and just do nothing every day. I mean, there's work and then there's, you know, self-care and then there's, you know, just texting someone back. I mean, you can't just be in a state of wild abandonment at all times. And I I don't know if maybe that's happening to me where it's because I'm having fun that it's like my brain has kind of reverted to a child brain on this because it's a new experience where my brain is like, we're not doing that right now. What are we doing right now? Oh, well, you know, we're doing some work and getting the podcast ready for this week. Oh, so boring. And then my body just kind of like shuts down and I feel tired. Does that make sense? So something like that is going on. I know one thing about me that that comforts me is that I do kind of overreact to my feelings. Like, I don't mean I overreact where anyone would see the reaction. I mean that if I feel a certain way, I worry, and it feels very dark and intense. Like, oh my god, I'm a little depressed. Is that okay? You know, um, I'm. I'm today. Uh, I have to do an intake, a one hour appointment with my new psychiatrist. I know I've told you guys in the previous episode that I am not going to the one that got the Yelp review where it said she's not a Nazi. And uh, I'm going to a, a more what seems like a more normal guy today. And before my evaluation that's going to happen, actually, right after I taped this, uh, I had to fill out like a two page kind of, you know, really basic Q&A about how I felt. Have you felt this this week? Have you felt like not getting out of bed? Have you felt like, you know, uh, you can't stop talking and you're not sleeping. Like you can tell what they're getting at with all the different questions. You know, have you felt hopeless? Have you felt this? Have you felt violent? You know, and I look at all the different ways that people can feel or act. And and I didn't have like most of them. I was like, no, I never feel like that. Or that. There was only a few things that were more in the depression and motivation char- character category. And I wasn't even able to say it was all day, every day. I was like, no, it's a few times, a few times a week. And then I, when I looked at it, I was like, I'm on the lowest scale of any of this stuff. But to me, it feels really big, really big. And I'm like, I am a problem case here. And then I look at it and I go, oh, you know, or sometimes I'll be, you know, like when I had my exit interview with my last psychiatrist and it was our last appointment and we talked about our last 20 years together and how far I've come with the anxiety and the phobias. And it's true. I have. There's this part of me where he's like, you are stable and functioning. And I'm like, I must be bullshitting him. No, I'm not. Like, I'm not putting myself down, but I'm like, I feel crazy inside. And it's like, right. That's that's part of what having anxiety and depression feels like sometimes. Sometimes you, someone can say you are stable and living a good life and you're like what? And it's like that's right. That's what st- a stable life is your actions and reactions in this world. It's not your feelings, you know? And uh it's hard sometimes. It's hard to know what should be the default normal feeling that it is to be human and I I think it's such a it's such a silly thing that we even think there is one. And then if only we could know what that is. It there- I don't think there is one. So, you know, anyway, there's that. But, but so one of the things I'm noticing is uh, Twitter is just not fun, right? And, and there'll be an article about something and then just 50 million comments under the article, just reactions and reactions and reactions from people. And, you know, of course, I do it too. I might write something under a thing. This is terrible or whatever. But when I see it all In one place like that I go God people are not I don't know Is it is it that they're not Handling their anxiety Well I'll just tell you What I'm talking about So I know the phenomenon And I Trust me I think it's terrible That people That got dogs During the pandemic For whatever reason Are now returning them So remember last year This time I was like Oh my god All the shelters are empty We have solved the problem Everybody's adopted a dog Isn't that great Now it's shelters are overflowing. People are returning their dogs. Now, I'm not an animal owner, so I don't really know a lot about this stuff. I know that I think kill shelters are terrible. And if anyone is bringing their animal to one of those, it breaks my heart. Uh, I don't always know everybody's circumstance if they're too poor and it's the closest they can drive and it's the best they can do. And like, I get like, there's always a loophole where it's like, Jen, I know you think you're being this amazing person by coming out against kill shelters, but sometimes someone, so it's like, I get it. Like, please allow me the space. Please assume I know there are loopholes. But in general, I'm saying I understand that when given the choice, where the hell would you bring the animal to a kill shelter as opposed to something else? I would like to think if I had a dog that I decided I did not want to take care of anymore or couldn't, that I would take care of the dog until I could find, like, even a personal friend that wanted to adopt it. Or, you know, oh I don't know, maybe my nephew needs a dog, something, anyone, before taking it just to a shelter where even if they're not going to kill the dog, it doesn't live kind of the life it lived with me. I mean, I would love to just transfer it directly from my home to yours. Uh, do I think it's terrible that all of these dogs are displaced, don't have homes, were adopted less than a year ago? Yes. Heartbreaking. Do I think there's a million sides to this story? Yes. Now, look, of course, there's going to be some trendy people who got a dog because it was the thing to do. And they're just like not thinking about it. And they act like it's a plant. And they're like, woo, I'm getting my pandemic dog the way that people were making bread. And some of those people are like, I don't want a dog anymore. It's too much work. And then they bring it back. I get it. I don't know what percentage of this, those people are. Uh, I'm sure there's a thousand examples of terrible people who just don't care enough about animals to not realize the responsibility they're taking on when they got the dog. But this is where I go, can I add my nuance here? And I don't know what I'm trying to prove by talking about this. I just wanted to add my nuance about what it's like to be a human during a pandemic. Yes, blanket statement. Shitty to get a dog that you may or may not be able to handle during a pandemic and then return it. Shitty. Bad. No good. Shaking my finger here. However, we were in a pandemic and still are a global pandemic under a president that was letting it spread. We had no idea that we We're guaranteed a change of presidents. We did not know there was a vaccine coming. People were scared out of their minds. They were I don't even know. Maybe many people thought, well, I've got to deal with my anxiety somehow. Maybe I need a dog, something to look after. Maybe I live alone. Maybe I'm gonna kill myself if I don't get a dog. I don't know. And people really thought in that moment, I know that I can commit to and care for this dog forever. Why would you ever? Haven't you ever experienced a feeling and been convinced that you would never change your mind or that circumstances would never change? Hello, that's the whole reason any of us ever have doubt or upsetment is because we really thought, dot, 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 things were going to keep going this way. So people get a dog during the pandemic. And then the pandemic eases up. We have new leadership. Maybe they're vaccinated. I don't know what changes for them. But maybe they realized they were so, maybe they went back to their lifestyle. Whether that was they went back to work, they did this, and their life became bigger and crazier and they realized, oh my God, I am so completely overwhelmed. I had more free time last year. I really did not think this would be a problem once everything started up again. I cannot handle this dog. And it's actually making me so overwhelmed That I feel as bad as why I got a dog in the first place I can't handle this I don't know what to do And they, they return it Now again, maybe they don't go about it correctly I'm just talking about why people do it It's not that everyone is a horrible, heartless monster Maybe some people could no longer afford it Maybe they lost their jobs I know for me I am easily overwhelmed So I try not to overwhelm myself I didn't have kids Pets to me are the same thing. I love animals. I'm obsessed with cats. I do not want my own cat because the overwhelm that it would give me and the responsibility it would give me cancels out what I love about animals. I know my psyche. I'm not saying it's correct. And anyone who argues me out of it is not looking at it from, you're talking to a person with an actual... Anxiety and depression disorder So my thoughts are not always uh, Rational But I must obey them uh, In the sense of When I know that I'm going to get overwhelmed by something I must do what I can To self-soothe And tell myself that this Whatever it is is not actually overwhelming It's just a feeling But I also must keep my life at a level That I don't actually overwhelm it with too much to do. And a pet for me would be too much to do, especially with not knowing where I'm living moment to moment, depending on my writing job, depending on this or that. If I, you know, it's just too much for me to do. Because I'm talking about me and what my psyche can handle. I don't care what a pet owner says to me about, no, 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 then you get someone to look after it. Then you do this. I I understand the logistics. And on paper, yeah, I can handle feeding an animal. On paper, I can handle keeping its vet appointments. On paper, I can handle finding care for it. But you're not understanding. I'm talking about mental health as opposed to the literal like check off what you can do. I cannot emotionally handle it adding that to-do list into my life. But I'll tell you, from the amount of strangers that have told me in my life that I need to get a dog, I wasn't ever going to get a dog to shut them up. But you start to wonder if maybe something's wrong with you because you don't have a dog. You start to maybe think, maybe this thing I keep pushing against and saying, no, I really can't handle it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need a dog to help me with said anxiety or depression or whatever. You know, you kind of can't have it both ways, people that are outraged at people returning dogs to shelters, because I can tell you that you would have been the first people to say last year, oh my God, it's so great. They got a dog. Everyone should have a dog, 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 dog. Everyone needs a dog. They changed my life. I mean, that's what everyone was doing was uploading pictures of their own dog going, I don't know how people could do that. Buddy saved my life. He's my best friend. It's like. I'm sure the people, some of them, feel like absolute shit, that something is, quote, wrong with them, where they couldn't keep up with what it was actually like to own a dog, as opposed to what it looks like in your Twitter pictures and commercials and TV shows. And maybe they really don't have any understanding of their psychological makeup, and they they don't, they're not giving themselves a break right now, that they just don't have the makeup to do it. And all these people on Twitter, I can't believe it. It's like, really, you can't believe it? You can't believe people made a really big decision during a pandemic, the likes of which they've never seen and we had no tools for, like emotional tools for. You can't believe they made a decision that was kind of life-changing and then changed their mind a year later. You can't. Because if you don't understand that basic, hard to accept, and I, I understand, it's not my favorite part of humanity. It's not always good. But the fact that you don't understand it you're telling on yourself. You don't you may be a great person because you kept your dog buddy, but you don't seem very smart to me. I don't want to have a conversation with any of you <laughs> peoples in those comment sections. Does that make sense? I don't know what my fucking point is. I just feel like I would have been someone that would have returned anything. Um But I know myself that's why I wouldn't have gotten it in the first place. I got a stuffed animal cat during the pandemic. I asked my sister to send me one for my birthday. And that's what I swear to God. I'm not kidding. It's like a stuffed animal that, you know, uh, like in the description of it, it's used in nursing homes for, you know, seniors that need to snuggle something. I I knew I needed to snuggle something during this pandemic, like an animal, but I can't have an animal. But not everyone has the uh, gumption I do. Not everyone is you know, I don't, I'm i not saying shameless in a bad way, but like I have no shame about that. So I don't know. I just give everyone a fucking break. Everyone is doing their best and sometimes their best is not good enough. That is true. When we say everyone's doing their best, we're not complimenting them necessarily. We're just saying, what are you getting mad about when people can't do any better than that? Well, I think they can. Well, then go, I don't know what, Go. you go open a shelter and take all the dogs in. You know what I mean? I don't know. I Why is that rubbing me the wrong way? Is it just that it's 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 not that it's really even about the dogs. It's just about the Twitter sphere and and the anxiety in the air that that I guess I don't feel like dealing with. Like, I don't want to deal with other people's anxiety. You know, I've got enough of my own. Why do I have to know the psyche of everyone? It's like I don't I don't have to look online if I don't want to, you know, but you feel it. It's out in the world. Everyone's a little bit off. And I guess I'm inconvenienced by it all, right? You always got to bring it back to like, why am I so upset about this? Well, because it's a bummer. I don't like this. Okay, so you, this is about you. Yeah, kind of. Well, let's read some listener emails because I know I'm all out of... Uh, I'm not out of stories. I got more. Oh, my God. But enough of me. Uh, Jen... A light-hearted Facebook exchange led me to check out the opening scene of Free to Be You and Me, the crux of geriatric Gen X childhood. I expected a warm glow of nostalgia, which there was, but quickly overtaking oh, that was a nebulous melancholy. When I got to the part where the kids turn into animation and ride off the carousel, I got a lump in my throat that turned into full-on bawling. As someone who never cries, I was surprised though it was good to feel something again. Lately, I've been questioning whether I truly am a Spock-like INTJ hard ass. I know that that's like those those tests about your personality type or just medicated for 30 years. And now the onset of menopause is making me feel emotions again. I think so. I think as we get older, um, we get way more sentimental and in touch with our feelings. I think it's a good thing. It's not like a disorder is coming up. It's like your true humanity is coming up because just so many years of hard assery and hard heartedness and whatever personality types, your personality changes as you get older. So welcome the tears. Feel it. Feels good. What Gen X childhood memory gets you verklempt? In a land to a shining sea, Christine. Well, I never was into free to be you and me. It was, it was, um, I may not be geriatric Gen X. I may be like right under it. It, it had a, it had a, um, Like older person thing to me It was like And I love like 70s And all that stuff But it It wasn't my thing Um, I think it was more like A Mr. Rogers girl I mean I know that was all Happening around the same time But Yeah I never really I don't get the nostalgia When people talk about Free to be you and me I'm like yeah It had no impact on my life So I think I was just Too young for it um, Or just something Maybe I was Maybe I have no heart But what Gen X thing Gets me verklempt Well the thing is I'm always verklempt Like I'm a crier I cry all the time um, I'm always emotional, like not like in a way that's problematic, but like if you ask my family, you know, we watch It's a Wonderful Life every year. And it's like from the first minute of that movie where the, the Joseph and God that are talking to each other in the stars and they're like, what happened to George Bailey? Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. I'm God, like, he's discouraged. <laughs> and then, oh my God. And then at the end, when all the people come and they save him and... I mean I'm literally crying right now Like uh, I don't know what like childhood Gen X I mean I've been very nostalgic about Box fans lately I did a whole thing on it On the Patreon Um, I guess sort of like the smell and Heat of summer kind of makes me feel Doesn't make me feel like crying but it just Hits me in the gut where I go God that was a person I was but I don't remember being that person Because it was 40 years ago like I was I used to be a tiny little person Oh, my God. Jen you read an email and talked about medications making people sick I have a tip I had an emergency c-section and my spinal blocker made me nauseous I had an oxygen mask on and I was paralyzed from the waist down And they were about to make the incision and I was about to puke So the anesthesiologist put an alcohol wipe in the oxygen mask and told me to breathe Fixed it immediately I hate feeling nauseous and I'm going to try it next time I do I hope it works for someone out there Also my baby's fine he's three years old now I have to go back to my cubicle to work to feed my family, Biddy. Yeah, that's a great tip, everybody. I don't even remember what episode that was, but thanks, Biddy. I I read something once that if you're feeling really nauseous, cut a lemon in half and uh, breathe right into it. I've tried that when I was nauseous recently uh, during this medical thing I had a few months ago. And also, if you're seasick nauseous and there is a can of cold soda, lay down on it, uh, put it under your neck. If you're like throwing up on a boat, if that's a thing, or even at home, Uh, put a can of soda in the freezer, make sure it's really cold and then lay on it right under your head. Um, I think we're going to end on the weirdest email ever, which was about nausea because I have to call in. To my doctor right now And I know this is a weird way To end an episode But it's me Your friend Jen It's summertime I'm all over the place I'm trying to You know I'm having a weird time Getting back to uh, life here Does that make sense? Like that should I feel like that should have happened Three months ago But my time management Is uh, terrible right now (laughs) So thank you guys for listening I love you all. Send any thoughts to iSeamFun at gmail.com. It it will take me a few weeks to read your email on air, but uh, we will eventually get to it. We meaning me. I don't know why I say we. And uh, I think that's it. I I don't, if you want to buy my albums or my books or buy me a coffee or join my newsletter so that you can get the email about those tickets, uh, just click the link in the show notes. It's going to have everything that you need to get everything that you need. Uh, Stay safe, stay cool, stay warm, whatever you need temperature-wise. I love you. Till next week, have fun.